things happen for a reason. You know, um, you know, some things just don't work out, and it, it didn't work out at Florida State. So we'll see how he does them up in uh, Chestnut Hill. You know, I wish him luck, but you know, um, I, I think it says a lot when a, a, a current Florida State player quotes the tweet and looks at him. Yeah, there was a reply there. That. You could say who it was. I mean, it was all publicly done. No, I mean, Fuller. I mean, I'm saying, you know, Krishan Fuller. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it was, it's out there publicly. Uh, yeah, I mean, a player that's yeah, on the staff yeah, or yeah, that's yeah, on the I, roster. I, I, I'm not withholding the names, kid, out of privacy. I'm just saying that, yeah. you know, in general, the fact that one of your former teammates is laughing at you on social media because of your quasi inspirational quote when, you know, he sees you every day and knows that, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't think. Come on, give me a break. You know, without saying bashing the kid, but something that sees you every day. Um, you say it's personal, like you're going to be super motivated to to prove a point. You know, why don't you cover a guy out of the slot and, and not get beat? And we'll go from there. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub. In the house, you know, we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, everyone? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this beautiful Wednesday evening. Florida State's football season has officially ended. No bowl game for the Seminoles. We didn't actually get to see Florida State's last scheduled game because of COVID-19. So Florida State's and Mike Norvell's season is officially over in Tallahassee. It is officially offseason, and we're already already got a lot to hit on including tonight uh, with me this evening is Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider at the top there. And then at the bottom is our lead basketball writer, Austin Bizet. What's up, guys? What's going on, guys? What's up, man? Did you like that little ring I added to the last name there, Austin? Or do you want to kill me? Legitimately hated it. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say anything <laughs> about it, but I did that just to kind of irritate you a little bit. <laughs> um, Good to know. I'm trying to. Dustin is not here with us. Congratulations to Dustin. He is officially engaged to his lady, Gina. Shout out. Don't do it, Dustin. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) I'll listen to you, Nate. Me and Austin are still still, single men. You still got time. Yeah. Still got time. (laughs) Austin, you and I are now like the legal ones that don't have any kind of things going on. I know. I don't Please. know if it's a good for, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It hey, sucks we, the life out of you. <laughs> Where's your wife at, Nate? Uh, she's shopping, and I would tell her the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Y'all are, y'all are officially you can't get out of it anyways. So no. Um, 
but yeah, shout out to Dustin and Gina. They just got That's good, man. This That's past good, man. Weekend. Congrats, man. But now, I mean, how long are we going to let him be off the podcast? It's time to come back. Hopefully, we'll have him back here next well, week. Yeah, you know, hopefully, him putting a ring on it, you know. No, she'll, she'll, she'll uh, lighten them, them strings a little bit, you know? <laughs> I'm scared that it tightens them even more. So that's what I'm nervous about. Uh, well, I'll tell you guys now is that we are not going to do like official full-on recap of the season. We're not going to do this, not even go game by game in this episode. Before the year is over, we do intend on having a kind of full thought breakdown on the season. We'll talk about even the offseason heading into this. This was an insanity a crazy year to cover tons of podcasts, tons of instant reactions, ups and downs, but we're going to be doing that all in next week's episode. That'll be our last episode of the season. We'll also be previewing uh, two basketball games then with Austin here, obviously. So uh, that will be next week. We're just kind of going to go through the quick hitters, uh, go through some basketball too. And we got a few questions from our discord and Twitter people. Uh, So that's the game plan for this episode. We can go and jump into it. Obviously, the hot topic of this and the title of this episode, Florida State's football season has officially ended. Uh, There was some contact tracing and some COVID problems between uh, Florida State and the roster and mainly the offensive line unit. And they were not able to go up there and travel and face against uh, Wake Forest, which ends up, uh, you know, Florida State ends off the season with a win, obviously at home at Duke, but uh, Florida State, it was going to be a pretty – it was going to be a who who scores the most points in Wake Forest for anything. But what are y'all's just initial thoughts on the season? This thing is finally over. It's done officially. I mean, it wasn't pretty. It didn't go the way anyone expected it to. Um, but I think some things opened up as far as we saw more of what mess was left on the roster from the past few years, whether it be – Misevaluations, bad coaching, whatever that Norvell is trying to fix. And, you know, as the season progressed, we finally started seeing the young guys on the field just so they can get some progression for these next few seasons. And some of this bad, this bad character and bad roster fits that they started working their ways out. Um, and we'll talk about that more here in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it just didn't go the way we expected it to. But there's, there's definitely a progression for going forward. Yeah, I mean, it highs and lows, right? You know, you have a signature win early in his career against Carolina. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of us thought, hey, you know, this is a turning point, but, you know, that that wasn't that wasn't such. Uh, and, and then you look at the last game of the season you know, with, with Duke, and that was a, really the first chance that Norvell had time to spend – practice a couple weeks with you know installs and like like Austin said getting the younger guys on on, on the field so you know all in all uh, I, I think it's not what anyone expected I think you know we, we probably expect the Florida State to play better um, but also you know it, it was just a swift kick in the dick to really see that this team is still you know not mature you know the, the I know there's these social media arguments about culture, but the culture is just not where it needs to be. And I, I think what people need to understand though is that when we, when you say culture, it's the mentality of wanting to win and, and learning how to win and, and fighting through adversity. And, and you know, 
you have to have that certain mindset. And, you know, th- this team is divided, which we talked about quite a few times during the season. So I think that, you know, there's some definitely highs and some lows. Um, you can't, you can't judge Norvella on, on what we saw. You can't judge the staff. Um, uh, you can't judge any staff that's in first year across the country uh, with, with COVID because everything was so handcuffed. So, um, you know, we'll talk about it more when we do the, the full season breakdown. But, you know, mm-hmm. some things I like to see, but, you know, I, 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 it was still disappointing as a whole, you know, seeing them struggle as yeah. a Florida State fan. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, and they, we do this every year, we get kind of get that hype feeling and we kind of should have, you know, judge a little bit more on right off the bat. So, I mean, I don't want to go too deep into it because that's what we're going to do next week. But I, I, I want to talk about how I think this team was divided right off the bat starting off this season and what went down this just prior mm-hmm. to kickoff and how some guys weren't on the same page with direct with the direction towards their coach publicly. I think there was a lot of misdirection and miscommunication that was happening right off the bat before kickoff happened. Uh, in Tallahassee and like Nate said it's really hard to judge a first year coach but when you're coming to Tallahassee it, it is not an easy job to fix whatsoever I mean the on-field the on-field product is hard enough to fix but being in that locker room having to fix a, a corrupt culture that has been really dwindling down since Jimbo Fisher's last year uh, until now, it's no easy job, no easy task. It's a disease that you've got to try to clean out. Um, and yep. so it, it's not its not just an on-field thing that Norvell has to fix. This is something which is happening now, but you've got mm-hmm. to fix in the locker room first before you find we're, any success. We're, we're going to talk about him in a second, but you know something that really stood out to me, um, and I'm kind of surprised that people didn't pick up on it when I talked to the Arkansas cornerback, uh, Jarquise McClellan, many was talking about how, uh, you, you know, the staff shows how much they pre- – the players show the staff how much they care for them on, and how they play. And, and, and that just tells, tells you right there how much, you know, lack of buy-in there was uh, this season you know, with the inconsistent play, with the, uh, you know, I, I would say topsy-turvy, unbalanced, you know, old versus new. That that was there the entire season. So, um, you know, you know, when we were talking, and he said that, you know, it's just, you know, dinged a little bell in my head. It's like, you know, that's just it's kind of right when you look at Florida State, and yeah, he, he mentioned that because we were talking about Norvell, the coaching staff, and, and, and the product on the field, and talking about how, you know, being out Arkansas was a, a rebuild and all this kind of stuff, but. You know, it, it's it, it's going to be interesting moving forward on, on how things unfold. Yeah. Um, and I think it's crazy. I mean, I, we're going to talk about next week, so I won't just keep on hammering it down. But you're seeing now, which we're about to jump into with uh, the quick hitters. There's guys that are departing from this team that were actually – pretty talented, uh, had some decent careers at FSU, but are no longer going to be on this roster uh, that. Have... Come on, come on, Logan. You don't have to. No, no, no. I will. I'm directing this maybe towards Tamara and Terry. Talented, extremely talented. Stop. Stop. Did it hurt the locker room? Yes, most certainly. 
Um, yes. Does Dirt yes. does does now does Durden have the talent, but the character and the personality does it fit Mike Norvell's locker room? No, it's probably the opposite of that. Yes, but uh, it ends uh, up hurting the team. Uh, we're going to get on Durden, but I'm going to say it's just, uh, just mentioned it. I I think that Corey Durden is Corey Durden in terms of results by playing next to who you played to. And Marvin Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's a. I think that he has a, a, a an okay skill set. Um, you know, for a guy who left Florida State expecting to go to Florida, apparently, and now he's at NC State. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, no. Durden does not have the talent in order to. He's not what he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. He's got. He's got to put more work in. Uh, but yeah, that, that's obviously we have a lot to chat on this whole topic, but uh, just kind of want to note that the yeah, season's over. We're going to record a whole thing next week. So that's what we'll jump Carlos on this. Where's Carlos talking about his boy, Cor- Corey, right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, that <laughs> might, might be good. Well, he'll, he better be here for the next week's one because yeah. got a large discussion on it. Um, cause I, I have a few things to say too. contract extensions for Odell Higgins and Ron Dugan. Supposedly this was done back in July guys. Uh, there was a lot of speculation too the last couple of months. If Ron Dugan's and Odell Higgins, if their contracts were going to be renewed, but that becomes officially public and we will be seeing these two back out on the field coaching next season. Positive, negative, what are your guys' take on this on how the position unit has looked to you this season? Do you think this is a good move? Do you think this is a little too late? Should have been. I, I think Odell can stay at Florida State as long as he wants. But I like the idea of what I had heard about him moving off field and kind of that Monk Montesorte role, um, kind of that liaison between the admin boosters and, and, and the football team. I think that's something that would fit him really well. Uh, because he he you know he's an embodiment of Florida State. He's been there for for a long time. You can't fire Odell Higgins. Um, you, you have to let him make that, his own decision. He's still a damn good coach. Um, uh, but I I did like that possibility of him going into that that role off the field. Um, you know, in terms of Dugans, I'm kind of surprised in terms of of you know recruiting that position and you know what the inconsistency at, at his position. But, you know, I also understand continuity and, you know, trying to keep things together, at, at, you know, at, as this team has seen so much turnover, you know, over the last, you know, three to four years. So, yeah. Any thoughts on your, uh, on old Odell Higgins and Dugan's getting an extension there, Austin, any kind of, I mean, I, th- I think Nate summed it up pretty well. You can't fire Hagens, and he has so much respect in that program, not just in football, but across the entire athletics administration. You, you can't get rid of him. I do think mo- him moving into an off-field role down the road would be something that fits him really well, like Nate said. And with Dugans, we just we haven't seen enough results at these receivers. I mean, Terry was good, but he was a head case. And then outside of that, like we like Ontario Wilson, we like Keyshawn Helton, but they didn't really show much this year. Um, and granted, Jordan Young, man, a guy who had you know an immense, you know, immensely talented athlete whose film was some of the best receiver film over the last couple of years, who hasn't done anything yet in college. Yeah, and it's been this way, it's been this way at Florida State since what mid 2000s, 
Mm-hmm. Outside of Kelvin Rashad and Kenny Shaw, like outside That's of those three guys, throw. Travis, maybe Travis Rudolph in there as being like the last. But, uh, even then, Ru- Rudolph should have been much better than he was. I, I would put Greg Dent in there. Greg Dent was, was slated to be the number one guy in 2013. Yeah. Until all those false charges, Greg Dent was, I thought, a really good receiver and player for Florida State. Stud. Yeah, but when you've got when we're listing five names out of how many receivers have come no, through, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been bad at Florida State. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a struggle and recruiting it has its ups, has its down, and whatnot. But I'm sure that affects too on these contracts with uh, all the time. But do you think? I know you're you're the recruiting guy over here. Do you think? Odell still has it, or and this goes for Dugans too, but in Odell's department, because he's got the fandom here in Tallahassee, you think Odell and the on the recruiting trail, it still hits hard, like that name still gets recruits. I I, I recruiting still, game. I, I mean I still think it does. Um, but you know what what's holding everything down is the on field results. So we can't forget about any of that when you talk about whether it's Odell or whether it's, you know, Coach Johnson or Coach Woodson or, you know, Coach Dillingham, the fact that Florida State has is a losing team the past three years, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's still going to play a role. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, that hinders how you can recruit. I don't care what anybody says. You know, the, the logo holds weight. That's great. At the same time, you know, these kids want to play for winners. And, and while they may have a shit ton of respect for Odell, you saw a lot of recruits say that this year. You know, I love Odell, but, or, you know, Odell's the best in the country. But, you know, while while, while they may understand it, it's good for, maybe good for them personally, you know, they still want to win. And Florida State hasn't proved yet that they got that turned around. Jane Lars would... It's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, no, it is rough. You don't want to move on from Reality like is a hard, hard pill to swallow. I was talking with. Uh, He's got numerous with, guys in the league yeah, right now. Talking with JP Peterson when I was on his radio show, um, you know, last week when he was, you know, hosting from my from my restaurant. Just you know, and that's one thing that we talked about, you know, off, you know, off the off the show is just, you know, people got to understand that until Florida State starts winning again. You, know, you can't expect them just to draw all these, you know, high-profile elite kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like we talked about right at the beginning of this topic, these contracts were signed uh, in July, before the well before the season even started. So this wasn't because of the season or why we're talking about it. this. wasn't you know they didn't sign after seeing what happened this year from both position position coaches. So uh, but they have another season ahead. Um, those are going to be the guys out on there uh, coaching. I, I am very intrigued about uh, if it does become the case and Odell does take that kind of what, like a Bonasort kind of role at FSU. I think that's something very intriguing for FSU moving forward. I think that's a great idea. I think idea. it's needed. Mm-hmm, most certainly. Needed. Uh, Jane Lars Woodby has picked his new home that is going to be up there up north in Boston. Maybe a little surprise to some. He's going to be transferring to Boston College. Um, and going to go join the Eagles up there. He's going to stay rocking kind of the similar colors there. 
But, uh, you know, the biggest thing isn't about where he's transferring, but something that he uh, tweeted just uh, a few what, last week, I think it was, or over the weekend. Uh, I think Nate has it better, but I, it was a tweet referring to an NFL uh, wide receiver, Stephen Diggs, uh, over there, who's now with uh, the Bills and was with Minnesota. Uh, oh, I said Stephen Diggs, Stephon Diggs, Stephon yep. Diggs. Yep. I saw Austin look at me real quick. He's like, wait, hold up. <laughs> Diggs, <laughs> I didn't have to say anything. And, uh, Diggs, Diggs goes over to the Bills. He's excelling, doing very well there under uh, Josh Allen. And they were just talking about how the move over there did very well for him. Changing culture. Lars, yeah, a new yeah, culture that they're around. and It's personal. And Jane Lars would be said, you know, it's funny how that works. A change is sometimes needed. What hashtag this is personal or something like that. I don't yeah, know what it was. Yeah. Uh, just mainly talking about that change and the environment that they're around and maybe the culture uh, is a little bit better. They're up there in Boston and maybe here in Tallahassee around the staff under Mike Norbell. Just a little shots fired. Hey, hey, hey I, I wish you good luck. But there's a reason why he's not at Washington or any of those uh, schools out west that, you know, or Texas or, or you know, wherever else he was considering. And, and you know, things happen for a reason. Um, you know, some things just don't work out. And it, it didn't work out at Florida State. So we'll see how he does them up in uh, Chestnut Hill. You know, I wish him luck, but, you know. Um, I, I think it says a lot when a, a, a current Florida State player quotes the tweet and looks at him. Yeah, there was a reply there. That you could say who it was. I mean, it was all publicly done. No, I mean, Fuller. I mean, I'm saying you know, Krishan Fuller. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it was, it's out there publicly. Uh, yeah, I mean, a player that's yeah, on the staff yeah, or yeah, that's yeah, on the I, roster. I, I'm not withholding the names, kid, out of privacy. I'm just saying that. Yeah. You know, in general, the fact that one of your former teammates is laughing at you on social media because of your quasi-inspirational quote when, you know, he sees you every day and knows that, you know. I don't, yeah, I don't come think. Come on, give me a break. You know, w w without saying bashing the kid, but something that sees you every day, um, you say it's personal, like you're going to be super motivated to, to prove a point, you know. Why don't you cover a guy out of the slot? And not get beat, and we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I think there's been a lot of miscommunication, like we said, inside this locker room, and I think mm -hmm. a lot of guys aren't on the same page whatsoever, even before the season yeah. started. And so and, and, instead of right uh, you know putting those motivational tweets out there, how about you motivational work on taking the right angle on <laughs> the coverage. Yeah, someone would think that. Someone would think that way, Nate. Someone would think that way. Um, but yeah, Jane Lars Woodby is going to go to Boston College. Best of luck to him. Mm -hmm. uh, his teammates or his former teammates here, I don't think, are on the same page on what he was publicly tweeting. But it is what it is. We we don't know. We weren't in the locker room. So uh, here's another one: Corey Durden and Cyrus Fagan are going to be going hand in hand to be with the Wolfpack at NC State. They announced just a little bit ago that they both will be traveling up to North Carolina to go see you, Austin. They're going to go hang out with huh. you, I think. Huh. <laughs> not a chance. They're not welcome. <laughs> uh, 
I think this fits them perfectly. It fits the Wolfpack way. It fits the fan base there. I do think they playing fit for perfectly. A, for a shithead coach. Um, <laughs> I, I, an absolute horrible fan base. You know, it, it, you know I, I think we have to, you know, mention the tweet that, you know, Durden put out about how he. Another um, tweet. Another tweet. W- 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 will not be in enrolling in NC State in January. He'll be at Florida State to finish his degree. Um, you know, I, I appreciate his follow-up on that. He's still going to be a grad transfer. So I'm very happy he will not be a part of the program moving forward. Um, I know some people saw that with some raised eyebrow. You know, raised eyebrows thinking that maybe he changed his mind. But um, if I were forward to say, I would tell him, you know, you know <laughs> find an online school to finish what you got to do. You're not welcome back here. Luckily, though, Nate, with, with COVID-19, luckily with COVID-19, everybody, everything is online. Or just yeah. like you're saying, just maybe find a different route. Yeah, find a different route. <laughs> just do it at TCC. Yep. You're, you're, you you're, you're, you're super quick to up and abandon ship, but now you need to crawl back because you don't have the necessary credit so to, to go ahead and enroll in another program or another university in uh, the spring semester. So you got to crawl back an interesting situation uh but yeah and then i can't be the only one that forgot stars fagan existed until he announced he was going to nc state <laughs> i cannot be the only one i i don't think you probably were i just know because of his name is such a weird one and i don't know what it is but i've just always had that name in my head but i think a lot of fsc fans are in the same boat as you austin where they're like oh i didn't even know that he left the team or maybe they didn't even know that he was on the team beginning of the season oh we all we all we talked about it when that happened he played got a lot of reps and the next day he was in the portal Mm -hmm. he got his exit interview that day (laughs) 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 there's been a lot of exit interviews starting from the very beginning of the season hopefully they keep coming laborn keep him coming i'm for it yeah i do think on it has to happen on 16 drought, and there's a lot of them. We have a long podcast next week, but a lot of these guys were holding this team down on the field and in the locker room, which is starting to become pretty obvious now. Uh, here we go. Some news here. A player transferring in, Arkansas cornerback Jarquez McIllian is transferring to Florida State. Nate, you just mentioned a little bit earlier that you had some time to talk to him. What is your take on him and his attitude that he brings? Because I think now that you're going to see these are what Mike, these players are what Mike Norvell wants in his locker room before it's even an on-field product because he's learned real quick of what he's had to deal with right off the bat. It's going to come to personality, character, uh, holding himself accountable. These kind of players coming into Mike, uh, Mike Norvell's locker room is what he wants. So tell me a little yeah. bit about him. Yeah, so he he's a two-year starter, uh, took a red shirt his first year. Um, he played in 12 games as as a red shirt freshman and started two of them. Uh, and then this past year, or last year, he played in all 12, started nine, I believe. But he opted out in October 1st. So uh, he's a guy who's played a lot of snaps, Against a lot of really good good players, and he saw the zone. Um, yeah, he's he's a Florida kid um, coming back home. Um, as soon as they reached out to him, um, it was a done deal for him. Uh, he grew up a, a fan of Florida State, 
So, you know, if, if you read the, the interview I did with, did with him, you know, he's got the right mentality. Uh, and, you know, he, like you just said about what Norvell is looking for, um, he's been kind of challenged to come in as a leader and come in a, 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 as a guy to change the locker room. And, you know, he's going he's gonna to be a guy that's going to bust his ass every single time he's out there. Um, you know, he's got a lot of confidence, which every defensive back needs. Um, you know, he thinks highly uh, uh, of his ability in terms of, in terms of, you know, him coming in and, and being a contributor right away. And I think that when you look at the the the, the board and look what Florida State has coming back, that's going to be a very real possibility. Uh, Florida State needing to look at the JUCO route or the transfer route. So, you know, you know he he's a He's a big kid at six feet, one eighty, you know, one ninety. Uh, experienced, has a lot of playing time. Has two years left. Um, does the right things, um, and, and wants to come in and, and and help Florida State get back. You know, one thing that I really liked what he said was he's going to come in and, and 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 push his teammates. You know, we all get better when we all listen and, and learn from each other. In that the people who are going to hold themselves accountable. He's going to help them make them accountable. And that's so, things that you want to have coming yes. into your locker room. I mean, yeah. yeah. Even if this is a kid who plays, you know, part-time minutes or, you know, is a sub, you know, he's got the experience. He's got the, the, the right mindset. Um, you know, he wants, he's a Florida State fan and wants to come in and, and change the direction yeah. that Florida State's at. So, you know, I, I think it's a good signing. I think it's a needed needed signing with, you know, the future of a King Dent still uh, up in the air. And, you know, I, 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 I like to take. He says in your interview that you guys can go check out nogamenate.com. I'm going to give Florida State everything I have every day. I'm going to push myself and – and we are going to push each other as a team. So that's something you're seeing lately with a lot of guys that Mike Norvell are bringing in, including, you know, McKenzie Milton, obviously a quarterback, but said, you know, I'm not going to just come in and expect to start. I'm still going to challenge the guys that are around me and fight and compete. But I also want to make the other ones, the, the, my teammates around me better and hold each other accountable. And I don't think the last four years you could put FSU and accountability in the same sentence. It's just not true. Uh, um, it's a bit. And, and here's for, another kid who, you know, the the Milton transfer caught his attention. Yeah. Which he talked a little about in, in that interview was when he saw him coming to Florida State. You know, he was like, "Wow, you know, you know, I know this kid's a big playmaker, and and, and I, I want to bring that mentality and that playmaking ability to the defense and." You know, with that experience that the two of them have, you know, they could work together to kind of lift this team you know, moving forward. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how, how things work out. I don't think they're done um, at that position yet. So let's see. Leonard Warner is transferring from Florida State University. Might not be too much of Bye. a shocker. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, an interesting career in the Garnet and Gold. 
some ups, but more downs than anything. I to, believe. To, to keep it short, he was one of the two worst players on the field every time he touched the field. <laughs> there we go. That's, and that's all I got to say. <laughs> this is why you have Austin and Nate here to tell the truth. Uh, yeah, uh, I just kind of put the same word with him with missed tackles. I, mm-hmm. I, I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. Definitely as a veteran, but I've just seen uh, uh, a guy like who's it. 6'4", 235, and afraid of contact. And you know that the player, the running back, is going to get off of him. Mm-hmm. I, I just could – I could predict it. I would say it out loud. Well, I know that player is getting out of the tackle – and they're going to make it up to the second level, so or through the second he, level. He needs to do himself a favor and go down to G five. It might help him, and just might. Uh, along with that, they fit kind of well. I mean, Tommy Martin, the punter, he's transferring. lost. <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot of action two years ago. Ton yeah, of action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he filled in the spot for when it was needed. Logan Tyler obviously was indefinitely suspended from the team. So he comes in and subs in and then and plays well for a guy that wasn't expected to play whatsoever. Hey, he, he wasn't bad, but moving on, you know, yeah. Ma- Ma- Maximano is the guy moving forward. So, uh, Let's see here. Janaris Robinson is headed to the NFL draft, Nate. He's headed to the NFL. Uh, we'll keep an eye on him on day one, two, and three of the NFL draft. We'll see. What happens there? Austin's already looking at me. I think we can limit it to day three. (laughs) Apparently, he's getting some early three to four uh, projections. Good. As I said in the Discord, he saw saw one tweet of someone gushing about him being 20 yards downfield and said, I'm going to take my chance. So so here's what he's got to do. He's got to go to the combine. Gonna have to blow it out of the water because you know his you know his athletic ability. He's he's athletic. You know he's a big guy who can move, but doesn't show on tape, and, and that's gonna be Still really hard for him to develop. Yes, that's really gonna that's gonna be really hard for him to overcome. Um, you know he was a he was a dev, developmental guy coming in, anyways out of high school. Um, you know he you know. You will give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt, uh, benefit of the doubt with the coaching turnover. Um, at the same time, you know the pieces haven't come together for him, so um, it, it, it's hard to develop when you in the NFL. You got, you you are not going to last on a roster if you are a developmental piece in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's been kind of his career throughout it all. Is coming even from high school. It was all about he's going to have to develop and also be coached very hard. Got um, to talk about Nas, too. Nas announcing. Yeah, and Hamza Nash. Not on our list. Yeah, not uh, on our list. But uh, Hamza Nashaldine, too, is entering the NFL draft, who I think could have gone last year. The injury definitely hurt him, and I do think he was intending on leaving after last absolutely. season if the injury against UF and happened just terrible timing for the kid. But mm-hmm. seemed, you know, he comes back in. It was a surprise to a lot of us. We thought after the Miami game, if he wasn't going to come back, that that was going to be it for the season. He was going to, mm-hmm. you know, in quote, opt out and be on the sidelines, blah, blah, blah. But Hamza Nashaldine is going to go ahead and go into the NFL draft. He played a few games to end off the season at a takeaway. I think he's got enough tape to look at last year alone for him to do well. And I think he is going to be a good NFL product. I could be wrong. Was he the, the leading tackler 
in the two games you played? No, he wasn't Duke. Yeah. I think it was good for him to come back for even just a couple games and put some tape out there just saying, hey, I can play. I'm good. And got a, turn, played, got a turnover. Well. Yeah, he played well. Like yeah. it, it, You could see that he's he's still a really good player. And I mm-hmm. don't know if his yeah. play style fits what the NFL likes to do with their safeties, but he could do that box, box safety, box linebacker hybrid role mm-hmm. that I think he'd be really good at as a like a day two pick. Yeah, I think he's going to be good in the pros. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think you know when you look at this this team, you know who gets drafted? Four guys, right? Five guys. You know, yeah. Marv, Terry. Uh, you know, I think it's not that I think it's not that goes round one, uh, round oh. two, depending on, on what he runs. I still think he's got to run well at the combine. Uh, and then you look at Hamza and and, and Robinson. So it's, it's interesting. It's it's crazy. Florida State has talent and just a lot of uh, locker room Question situations. <laughs> a lot of things weighing it down, uh, weighing down the talent, which which sucks. But yeah, I do think Hampson Nashaldine is going to be uh, very talented. They're going to have a long lasting career in the NFL. Uh, he did what he needed to do when he came back um, and just get a little few things on tape. And he did his job. He's just like, a, I don't know what it is, but he's just a menace with like tackling people and he's just all over the field, East, West, North, South. He's just, that's one of the good talents that he's at. And that will work well in the NFL. You'll get mm-hmm. paid to do that every Sunday. So best of luck to him. And yeah, that's practically the ins and outs and transfers and all that kind of jazz and NFL draft talk. Uh, let's talk about some all ACC first teams here. Asante Samuel jr. Much, uh, he worked hard for this, but he's an all-ACC te- all first team this year, much deserved, really was one of the few that just put his nose down, didn't give a damn about the admin, didn't give a damn really. I mean, he listened to his coaches, obviously, but he really just focused on getting better and making plays and looking towards this moment of having the expectations of going day one, day two, um, getting drafted uh, highly. And this is Asante Samuel Jr., put in the work and this is where he's at. So congratulations to him. All ACC first team. Much deserved. There's not much else you got to say. He was the best player for Florida state. Wasn't even particularly close. Yeah. And then this is a good one here. I completely forgot about it, but Austin threw it down for us. Marvin Wilson, all ACC second team, all ACC second team, Nate, Marvin Wilson. I I don't think that he played. (laughs) At a all at, at a second team, uh, third team or honorable mention this year, I think it's a it, it's a name given uh, recognition. So, you know, moving yeah. forward, yeah, I've never <laughs> seen a bigger name award than Marvin Wilson All ACC second team with eleven total tackles and one sack. I think correct and played what five games. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't understand that. I, I know that it's you know COVID's crazy and you know teams playing half the season and blah blah blah. But come on, man, It'll, be honest with yourself. This kid didn't deserve to be recognized on, on, on the All Conference team. Maybe the preseason one. Oh, he preseason All American. <laughs> I think a lot of awards preseason wise. A lot nah. of preseason awards. Uh, but yeah, that was a little shocker to me. I, I don't, I kind of looked at it. I'm like, Oh, 
Santis, yeah, I better expect him in the first. Yep, first team, boom. And then the second team, I was like, ah, who, who could be in here? Who potentially? I, I think be? the guy like Emmett Rice deserved to be like honorable mention. Yeah, start. He, uh, I think he a guy like things around. Yeah, you know, Devonte Love Taylor deserved mm-hmm. to be honorable mention. If you're able you know, to have any kind of success on Florida State's offensive line, you should be, you should be on you know, first I, team I, Hall I, of I Famer. I think that, you know, you should be at the Hall of Fame mark for that. Yeah, you know, really, that's it. You know, between all the COVID and the injuries and all that kind of stuff, it was, yeah, hell of a year. And Los isn't here either because, like, I just like because mm-hmm. I both me and had the same thoughts about it, like. Somehow, some people were like putting Timmy Jernigan and Marvin Wilson's name together. I, I just, I, I looked at our stats because we were on the Mark Rogers show earlier, and just a stat line. I think Timmy in 2013 had 11 sacks. Marvin Wilson won his last year, so 11 to one. I think Timmy and, had and more 35. Than I think he had Wilson 35. had his entire career. Practically, I mean 35. 35 tackles Timmy Jernigan had his last year. How many was it for Marvin? 11. Yeah. And I might be wrong on that. Timmy Jernigan might be 13 seconds. I don't know. But yeah, I I did that. I'm kind of glad that's out of the window now that way we've kind of learned. I think the Marvin Wilson name just kind of Florida State fans wanted to hang on to that they were hoping it would be a star and a nasty defensive lineman because Florida State hasn't really. There's always got to be a nasty defensive lineman, it feels like, ever since, uh, what, Darnell Dockett, even years before that. There's always got to be Ron a nasty Simmons, defense. Man. Yeah. Call it like the Ron Simmons. Mm-hmm. There's always got to be a nasty defensive lineman for Florida State. They don't have one. I hate to say, I hate to break everybody's dreams and everything, but they just don't have one. And Marvin Wilson was not going to be that. So it is what it is. Carla, we'll probably talk about it next week more, but. We'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, the end off the football segment, college football playoffs ha- are about to happen here in a few weeks. We finally got the games from the conference championships. Alabama is able to squeeze out of the Florida game. Uh, Clemson wins and just annihilates Notre Dame. Ohio State gets in because they only need to play six games and they're good to go. And Notre Dame gets their last little second chance. They'll probably they're going to get smoked in probably the first quarter. But yeah, what are y'all's thoughts on this playoff coming up? Should a little should a smaller team gotten in here for shits and giggles? Would have been fun. Like just some someone other than the same four teams we've been seeing for the last four years. Outside of I mean obviously LSU last year, but for the most part it's been Florida or been Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then a good fourth team. Yeah, you usually give Notre Dame just another chance. You get them in there yeah. just to get obliterated, like, to get it, obliterated. Even Texas A&M, just give us someone new. Well, yeah, it would have been amazing to see Coastal in there. I would have, <laughs> I would have grown out a mullet for it. <laughs> they would have got. You don't already have one. Damn. No. Okay. But now, I mean, I think we need to be a little realistic here. Ohio State would have won their conference. It would have went undefeated. Six games or not, you know, I get the the quasi-bullshit argument. But also, Texas A&M had a really good season, but you put Kellerman against any uh, of, of these teams, they're going to get smoked. They already got smoked against Bama. Clemson is going to beat them. I think Notre Dame beats them. You know, at, you know, you're looking for the best 
games. So I, I understand it. Um, Which to yeah. me doesn't even exist. Like it, it's yeah. going to be Bam and Clemson by. Yes. Bam is going to win by 50. Uh, I need Ohio State to win by 40. To do God's work. Because <laughs> Dabo Swinney is millimeters <laughs> away from passing Urban Meyer in my. In my Anyone who's followed me on, on social media for knows how much, like, I cannot stand Urban Meyer. Dabo is, like, secretariat coming around, you know, coming around the last turn and catching up so quickly into my level of hate for this guy. Dabo's <laughs> comment about, like, I, I don't know the exact words because I don't have it in front of me, but who's saying it's going to be like a short film session because they don't have a lot of yep. film. On, I'm like, okay. And then, then him putting Ohio State 11th in the coaches' poll. If I'm Ohio State, I'm putting that everywhere. Oh, yeah. 11th, 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 11th. You know, Ohio State's talented enough to beat Clemson. You know, I, I'm concerned about – Fields has looked iffy in these bigger games where he's playing better defenses. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing. Like, if, he comes out, if he comes out and just shows up, just balls out, mm-hmm. they could win easily. Mm-hmm. I just – Clemson's too good. Uh, I I think that it's all a. I think it's all pointless, anyways. Alabama is just significantly better. Um, you know, Alabama's defense, I think, is going to make this an interesting playoff. But I think their offense is just too good. I think they cannot score anyone. So you know, I, I think that you know they're, they're going to win. I, I think any. I don't think Notre Dame is going to score a lot on them because of, of the lack of, you know, let's say the word elite, but elite talent at quarterback. Um, you know, right now, the other three teams arguably have the best three quarterbacks in the country. And Kyle, Kyle Trask can go ahead and kiss my ass. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I just don't, uh, I don't, I, I don't see Alabama not. I don't see them blowing any of these teams out other than Notre Dame. I still think Ohio State, Alabama would be close. I think Clemson, Alabama would be a close game because, you know, they do give up a lot of points. I still think Florida State got gypped here, but that's another yep. discussion. Hopefully it'll it, it motivate them for next year. Yeah, getting left out like that. Ooh. It's going to fire who, up. Who do you think should win the Heisman? Uh, Heisman, that's uh, man Smith from Alabama is disgusting. I do too. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna. I think the gonna give it. Smith, get, get the it needs to just go to the entire offense of Alabama. Really. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably. I think Devontae Smith. Can we give it to Alabama's offensive line? Give it to Landon Dickerson, maybe. A lot of camera time in that SEC championship. A lot of. He's lot so of good, Devontae Smith. Man, it's just yeah, asinine how easy he can get open. Yeah, no, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Alabama's been doing this. I mean, Waddle was possibly going to be right there with them, if not even more ta- – he's, he's possibly more talented to him. Didn't get to see no, him. He's a, hey, I'm, I no, mean, he's not. No, he's not. Waddle was disgusting. Well, well, Waddle's a good player, but – I'm just saying, though. I just uh, think you know, since Waddle's out – But speaking of Waddle – no, speaking of Waddle, apparently he may be back for the playoffs. What did he have? What was his? I thought it was a season-ending injury. Huh. Apparently, he may be back for the for the playoff. Huh. All you really need him is to just run like seventy percent, and that might give even more time off of uh, Smith. 
mm-hmm. but that's a whole. I, I mean, not to drag it out, but you know, you have a guy like Mechie, who no one really ever heard of, opposite of, of Smith, is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the other receiver opposite of him. You know, it, yeah. uh, it's just they're reloading. You know, you know Clemson and and Alabama, Ohio State are just far and away what they're doing at, at wide receiver is just completely ridiculous. Yeah, stupid. Uh, all right, let's jump into some basketball here, and then we'll answer some questions to finish it off. But, Austin, people are coming for your neck. Hmm. For, Florida State basketball loses one game, and every everything's got to – everyone's freaking this out. Got, this guy uh, is falling. The fire, hashtag Fireham, Twitter – is back. Uh, they had some little signs of it, and then obviously, like Gardner Webb game is a different story. But everybody was kind of freaking out there against UCF. Should FSU fans just what just freak out more? It, it it was one of those games that was a perfect storm. You know, UCF came into the game shooting like thirty six percent from the floor and ended up shooting fifty, just taking absurd shots that. No, no person in their right mind is taking against Florida State's length, and they're just throwing it up and making it. You had three guys go for twenty plus, including one guy with I think thirty two. Like it, it, when it, when guys are doing that against, for the most part, was good defense. Mm. It's it's what, what can you do? You know, F- Florida State still scored seventy four points, which really in college basketball these days you score seventy, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Just, UCF could not miss. Um. Florida State's offense was fine. Defense had issues. But, you know, they came out the next game against Garner-Webb and showed, yeah, we're still a good good defensive team. They showed all year they're still a good defensive team. I think what the UCF game did was made the staff realize we can't play how we did last year. Because last year you had – you had really had no true big. Dominic Olenicek was not good. Neither was Balsa Kopravica. So you had to play Malik Osborne at the five, and he was excellent at it. So now you you almost have to switch one through five just because, I mean, everyone on the floor is basically the same height. You can't do that this year. If the staff's insistent on playing Balsha, Kopravica, and Tanner Ingham, and Quincy Ballard consistent minutes, you can't switch one through five with these guys. And Hamilton even said after the UCF game, we're going to have to go to hedging, which is, for, for the people that don't know basketball, just go back and watch what we did with Kamaji and Ojo and Ike Obiagu, where they're just funneling things into these guys so they can protect the rim. I wouldn't be surprised if that's all they're working on this week as they get ready for Clemson. But Clemson's also a smaller team where their five-mans can stretch the floor. So you might see Malik Osborne at the five a ton against Clemson. And then Duke, we see what happens. Um, but I, I think even though it's their first non-conference loss at home since 2014, broke a 41-game streak, you know, it, it's something this team will grow from because it's a very inexperienced team despite – the age seniority. Yeah, it was bound to happen eventually. I do think I'm right there with you, Austin. I'm all about wake up calls and uh, the staff needs to make changes. Uh, that's why you have these kind of games to do. So uh, FSU fans are, we'll always look for things to gripe about, but obviously it was not a great game. The other team had a phenomenal game. Things happen. Life happens. That's the situation as it is. You see how tip your cap. Yeah, that, yeah, that's one of those games where you just go tip your cap, let's move on to the next one. And, and learn from our mistakes. And, and I will say, Austin, I had the 
none of the football guys had to get a win out of this. This was obviously it's about as obvious as it gets. I will. You get, I will Mike, you get no, McKenzie. No. You get McKenzie. Take Milton back. I want my win. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I want my no. win. Take Milton <laughs> no. back, UCF, please. Oh no, no, no! Like you said, it was you know it's good for the team. It's a wake up call. Like you said, you just need it. We're just trying to help you. We're helping. I'd rather the wake up call come at Clemson, not home against UCF. No, 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 no. A team that we were supposed to beat by a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. I just don't want to lose to Clemson either. But here's the deal. We get McKenzie Milton. UCF beats. Clemson and Duke are two winnable games. I think the entire ACC is winnable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clemson's good. I mean, we'll talk about this next week. But Clemson's good. Duke is – I still don't know what Duke is yet, especially with Jalen Johnson out for the foreseeable future. I think – Duke's going to be shell shocks when they come to Tallahassee, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit before we came on, but I just want to see Calhoun more. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I want to see Osborne more. Uh, I, I want to see a little bit less of, of, I can't say his name, but the starting center. I like, <laughs> you know? I like Koprovica. He's a yeah. phenomenal offensive player. But for some reason against these smaller teams that we've seen mm-hmm. the last couple of games where they just they're trapping him. They're yes. sending consistent bodies at him and he's just not processing it fast enough. I think once we play bigger teams like UNC, Louisville, I think he'll be great. Yes. It's kind of what the Warriors used to do with Bogut, right? You know, you start yeah. him and, and and you know, he plays a couple of minutes and then, you know, he plays sparingly. Or, or he plays more against teams that are bigger, uh, and he's and the thing is also he's also not a great rim protector as of right now, at least not in this current defensive scheme. If we go back to hedging and maybe he comes out and blocks a few shots a game, then we'll reevaluate then. But he's not he's got great feet for a big man, but he's not quick enough to stay on the perimeter with some of these quicker guards. I I think he's definitely an offensive player more so yeah. than defense right now. Yeah, no, I agree. But, and then, and and then in the garden like. We didn't really discuss the Gardner Webb game, but it was completely opposite of the UCF game. Neither team could make, neither, neither team could hit the broadside of a barn with a pebble from two feet away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Florida State shot like 18% from three, and they came in shooting 41% from three. They were top 15 in the country, three point shooting. They just, they were getting shots. They just weren't making yeah, them. They scored 72, and they were horrible <laughs> behind the arc. And, 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 and abysmal from the floor. They shot like. Yeah. Thirty-one percent from the floor came in shooting forty-eight percent. Like, I, I don't think they're gonna shoot that bad, you know, really anymore this season. You know, I think that's just a game. You know, it, it happens. You know, you add, you know, four more threes to that, and it's a what a twenty-five point win, whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just a, the the little bit. But and it's important to note. I mean, last year was the greatest year this team has ever had. And they still started out with a loss at Pitt. They beat Western Carolina at home by five. I mean, they scraped that one out by the skin of their teeth, and then went on the went on the road and lost to Indiana. They were not, and that's not even mentioned the USF Orange Bowl Classic game that a lot of people forgot about, where they were down the entire game, and in the last two minutes they just pull out defensive stops after defensive stops. It happens, especially with teams that have a lot of experience and are trying to figure out what their roles are, and. As everyone keeps saying, there was no offseason this year. They didn't get a lot of time to practice and work out some kinks that they would usually get. It's going to take time for these things to be worked out. Um, so I, th- I think by the time February, mid-January comes around, this team's going to be rolling again. Mm-hmm. And I'm here all for baby. 
Uh, let's see. Jonathan Isaac, fat contract. Four years, $80 million. Mm. He's played in half of his available games. <laughs> he deserves it. He does. Great kid. One of the best guys I've ever been around in any sport, in any walk of life. He's a phenomenal guy. If he could stay healthy, there's a lot of teams that really love him. Yeah. And the fact the fact he's staying in Orlando for that kind of contract just shows you. Mm-hmm. And he still I, has I, a baby face, and he's what, yeah. what's his. I gotta name? ask you about Malik Beasley, man. What's up with that kid? I don't even think Malik Beasley knows what's going on with Malik Beasley. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, he had that much trouble at Florida State. No, I mean, he didn't seem like he was a problem child at Florida State. Now, now he just, you know, please. I mean, he was fine. Felony. And luckily, those charges got dropped. He pled nah. out and got technically a misdemeanor. But. I just really know about the chick. I just know about the chick. Right. I, was, I followed him. He's guilty to one felony charge of threat of violence on yeah. Monday. Yeah, because of waving a gun around in yeah. his front yard in like July or August <laughs> or something like that. Dumbass. It was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. I, I'm sure. I'm sure everyone at the Florida State office saw that and just went, "What?" Like out of nowhere. Such a random thing. Yeah, that was. I still can't believe that happened. But then let's flip script to a, a better side. Um, even though the ball, the Bulls are getting demolished right now. Patrick Williams has 11 points in his first game through three quarters. Nice. I liked it. I had that game on earlier. I was watching like a live stream of it. Yeah, the, the Bulls. Did he just sign a contract too? Who did? Beasley. Didn't he just sign a? He said he signed for four years, sixty, I think. Yeah, four years, sixty-five, something like that. Bruh, these kids are getting paid, Holmes. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you. I mean, he did not seem like a kid at Florida State that was, you know, irresponsible. No, and, and he comes from a good family. You know, his dad's an actor. Very established family that wants the best for Malik, and they wanted him to go to Florida State because of how great Florida State is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe even in, know. even in Denver, like he was, we never heard anything. I, I think you get wrapped up with that whole. You know, Pippin chick and yeah, you know, oh yeah, it's just you know the NBA's TNC. eternal side chick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nah, you can't get messed up with these girls, man. That's why me and Austin right here we're doing our thing. Yeah, not messing around with the ladies. Focus on business. Shoot natural ice, man. And then also, didn't isn't Dwayne Bacon starting for Orlando now? I just thought. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a guy that sparsely played for Charlotte. And then they played tonight. Let me see what he did. So that's the. It, so how, how many times did he can get bumped down to the D League? You know? <laughs> well, he scored zero points in 19 minutes. <laughs> 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 Only Whoops. took five shots. <laughs> but hey, it's starting to get interesting, though, because I, I looked at a graphic that FSU put out, man, and it's yeah, kind of starting to overload a little bit. Yeah, like everywhere I look. Now. Yeah, everywhere I look, I'm like, wait a second, that's homeboy out there, and I'm watching the game. Now and he, it makes me where I'm gonna probably start watching a lot more NBA. And even though Trent signed a two way contract with Utah, I mean, out they they've got Mike Conley at point guard. They they just signed Yogi Ferrell, who had a couple good moments with Dallas and Sacramento. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's time for there's there's a place for him to get minutes, especially next season when Conley comes off the books. I think yeah. he's in a perfect situation there in Utah. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did, did he make it? Yeah, so the way with the way NBA contracts work, a lot of these undrafted rookies sign two-way deals where they 
they get like a month in the NBA and then the rest of the time they're in the G League. Mm-hmm. Terrence Mann was going to do the same thing last year, but then he blew up in Summer League. I talked to him about it while I was out there in Vegas watching him. He's like, yeah, I was going to sign a two-way, and then I came out and just bought out, and they signed him to a four-year guaranteed deal. Mm-hmm. And then like with the first-round picks, they have a set wage where they have to make this much money, and it has to be an NBA contract. They can still get relegated to the G League like Fiondo did for all of last season. But like with these two-way contracts, they have to spend a certain amount of time in the NBA, which I think is great for someone like Trent Forrest. It's mm-hmm. so cool seeing both Terrence Mann and Kevin Gilly like last night. But they played one minute last night. No, but just seeing them out Ter- there. Terrence Mann the- played 20 seconds. Like, come on, man. Like, and he, he, there. Terrence Mann is an NBA player. He's yes. got a skill set that a lot of people like. Being mm-hmm. six, yeah. six, six, seven that can handle the ball and pass. Yeah. No. And we, I mean, he was guarding LeBron last night. Like, he can defend too. Like, this is what people want. And he's playing behind Lou Williams, who's the worst playoff player. Of the last ten years, <laughs> He's come on, though, man. Lou, Lou Williams can put the point points. I love Lou Will, but when when it matters, he can't be on the floor. Terrence Mann can, mm. and I know I'm going to call a homer for that, but shut up. <laughs> uh, Discord Twitter questions to end this off. Only two of them in here tonight. Uh, Coach Thomason uh, is leaving Florida State? Question mark or was reported to go to Texas Tech to be their next offensive line coach obviously that's what his main role has been through uh, a majority of his career uh, but if he does end and end up leaving who will replace him and that's probably a great question uh, for Nate because you've been high on a few guys in the last couple of weeks but who do you think should replace him if that does indeed end up being true well who, who do I want or who do I think it is who do you want it to be, and who do you think realistic it will probably be? I think that Florida State needs to figure out how to get like an Eddie Grant on the yeah. staff. Mm-hmm. But you know, apparently he he still thinks he can get a job as an OC. So you know that may be unrealistic. You know, I, 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 they got to figure out how to get a recruiter on staff. Um, what I think happens is I think they promote Tony. Uh, Tony T. Um, right now, he's a he's coaching quarterbacks at Florida State. Um, you know, when when Norvell was out for Miami, he got bumped up to an on on onfield staff, and I think he he coached tight ends at Memphis. I believe could be wrong, but I think that's who who gets bumped up and who replaces him. So next question is from someone in our Discord. Says who's starting at defensive end next season? So we have Janarius Robinson entering the NFL draft. We still haven't heard yet, so I guess we can still talk about Joshua Kendo and what he'll what he's intending on doing. Uh, if I was going to have someone go to the NFL draft first and who would be going first before one another, I'd probably put Kendo before J Rob right now. Um, but if we're looking at it and we haven't heard anything on on Kendo's side of things, it would probably be. Kendo, and it's going to be a young and unless someone gets moved down at defensive end or moves over. Um, any idea who would be opposite of Kendo? I'm trying to think. So, so my opinion, I, you know, I, I, right now I would put um, transfer portal guy or Juco. You know, if, if somehow they miss out, I think it would be McClendon. 
who was the primary backup for uh, for, for Robinson, and I think played better than he did this year. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you know when you look at you know who starts, I think that you know right. I'd be, I'd be kind of surprised if Kendall leaves. You know, I, at this point, you know, I think he has to show that he can be healthy, uh, and he has not shown that yet. But you know, when you look at like you know what's out there in the transfer portal, you have Jermaine Johnson, the kid from from Georgia, but that's looking like it's going to be a Florida and Penn State battle. You have the kid from Northwestern. Um, Eco Leota, I, I think that's a, a real possibility. Uh, and then you have a, the kid from Temple. Uh, I can't even pronounce his last name, so I'm not gonna, even gonna attempt. But he was second team all, all AAC, so I don't know Florida State has been in contact. So I, I, I do think that it ends up a a transfer, but I will not sleep on Derek McClendon yet because I think that he he has a he has a big role with this team. Yeah, I think McGlennon, and whenever he has his time and games, performs very well uh, mm. and with great energy, too. Uh, so that'd be another one across. I know there's Griffiths here uh, that you have, too, that will probably get in and, and play uh, a decent amount of time, but we didn't really get to see a lot of him. He started off a lot, mm-hmm. uh, getting a lot of playing time in the early parts of the season, Nate, if you remember that. And then it really uh-huh. dwindled down to almost not almost – nothing in the middle of the season and then it kind of amped up here in the end and, and i think depending on who they get you know i, I think we're going to see a lot of situational got uh with uh peyton and with wilson you know you know we talked a little bit about them you know with the early signing you know they're not necessarily guys are going to come in and play major minutes but they can be situational pass archers for for this defense next year yeah do you know that there was a there's a guy named Harden Reggie on Florida State's roster? You know that? Sounds like a fake name. And it doesn't seem really real to me, to be honest. But I don't know if I'll believe it until I do a true investigation on a freshman defensive end, Reggie Harden. Where's number twenty eight? I don't think that's true. Uh, no, because that would. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Uh, but yeah, I think that's practically it. Unless y'all have anything else on this episode, we kind of. Noted on a lot. I was shocked how much stuff has happened the last week or so. Mm-hmm. But unless you have anything else, how's uh, is the Bulls game over? That was it. Eleven points. Uh, they're in the fourth. Uh, okay. I think he's still. Oh, he's, let me see. Yeah, they're halfway through the fourth. He's still at eleven right now. When does a plus minus play? of minus thirty five? Um, the Spurs are playing right now. He just scored his first career basket. Oh, look at that! Get a three pointer. He's not playing much. Vassell. Uh, he's not going to play much these first month, month and a half, just because it's the way Popovich is with rookies. But he's too good not to play. If, Bro. He, he'll, especially with this team and the way they're constructed, I w- both DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge are expiring contracts that are both still good players. I wouldn't be surprised to see the move at the trade deadline and a guy like Vassell gets some more minutes. I like it. Well, going to end off this episode like we said earlier at the beginning of this we're going to do kind of just our 2020 football season recap full kind of break down our thoughts positives negatives and kind of look ahead to next season that'll be in next week's episode too so make sure you guys look out for that we'll also be previewing at duke and clemson uh, so that's be happening next week before the end of the year uh, before just, we get off 
Uh oh. So I, I I don't know if this is real, but uh, Trey oh, Sermon, the the running back from uh, Ohio State. I, I'm gonna tweet it so you know we won't because I I don't know if it's real or not, but apparently he has a quote uh, directed to uh, Debo Swinney. So I just oh, retweeted yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I see that. Oh, yeah, sure. Let me refresh this real quick. Dabo. <laughs> Dabo Weenie can rank us whatever. It'll just make it way more sweeter when he spends all night staring at the back of my jersey running into the end zone. Go Bucks. Dabo right back, Tracer. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's true. Please. Uh, that would be funny if it was. He, he will shoot up my – he will become um, – my number two favorite behind uh, um, Zane, Zane Harry and his little uh, oh yeah quote tweet towards that, you know. <laughs> and also on another note, our current coach's old school is about to beat our old coach's new school. And the Montgomery is up twenty-five to ten over FAU. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot Willie Tiger's playing tonight. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and pretty interesting. You see all these people tweeting. Uh, you see all these people tweeting, oh, Memphis has talent. Memphis looks good on offense. Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder who built that team. Yeah, I wonder uh, who had some pretty good success there hmm. and just came off of a conference championship. I wonder what happened. I, I don't know. It makes you wonder. I, don't, I couldn't really makes find you... it. We got some people saying that uh, Mike Norvell is not the answer here. After no offseason and blah blah blah, you know. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug the Unconquered <laughs> Talk uh, podcast we had last night with Mike Alford. If, if you think that Mike Mike Norvell is not the answer, just listen to what he has to say about Coach Norvell and 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 what he sees, what he's seeing firsthand from him. And this is the guy that's been um, at Oklahoma, been at Alabama. Been a part of a of, of, you know NFL franchise Dallas Cowboys, so this isn't a guy who's just Johnny come lately. So, I think everyone needs to do themselves a favor and go listen to that because he lays it all out there uh, about how he he sees the direction of the program moving forward and how he sees FSU athletics moving forward. So, you know, go check it out. If any, if check it out. Has any interest in it? Cool, cool seeing a video here. On Twitter too, of Deshaun Corbin putting in some work right now, already getting set before 2021 hits. So, and, and, and one more that. thing, you know, shout out to Ted Johnson from Florida for getting, um, yeah, let out, let, let out from the hospital. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keontae Johnson. Yeah, really great to see. Yeah, because that yeah. was that was scary. Really scary. And then on another basketball note, we were talking about Malik Beasley earlier. He has 20 points tonight. I hey. like it. <laughs> Got a little ticked off, huh? Got yeah. a little ticked off. You're he just, he just talking about Larsa Pippen. He's like, uh-uh, I'm for 20. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, go. I like it. Hey, that's that's what you do. If you have that kind of competitor mentality, man, go shot on the court and make them shut the fuck up. So, mm-hmm. Or do it on the football field. Just you know, put your mind down and go do it. So, uh, But, yeah, I think that's going to do it for the end of this episode. Like we said, go check out. We'll be back here next week recapping the 2020 season in full. Thank you guys, as always, 
for listening. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Hit that subscribe button right now, so then you'll be notified every time we release a new episode. If you're on iTunes, feel free to rate five stars and leave a review. We would definitely appreciate it. Make sure you guys go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash day. Also, you can join our Discord. Hit us up. We'll send you a link. You can join for free and join a really fun community over there. I think we're now over 1,300 members. So definitely Put go out check some that more, out. Uh, more recruit projections. Yeah, now it just kicks up. The offseason, you know, football season might be over, but I yep. think this is where it just picks up. Yep. Rumors intel what we're hearing everything goes into the discord so make sure you join the patreon so you get all those crazy and awesome benefits for you guys uh but yeah y'all guys enjoy y'all's holidays enjoy christmas enjoy every bit of with y'all's family stay safe and we'll talk to you guys before the end of the year so yeah see you guys and go Steelers. ha fuck the Steelers. <laughs> Not the same.